Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Lisa, mental health is a conversation that is happening a lot right now in our world. Rightly so. I'm happy about it. Yeah, Um, It's something that we've discussed in our house, at the Ivy's house, a lot, um, in a lot of different areas around it. And and it's been complex and nuanced and all the things. Uh, I recently was reading a study, and it said that 18.2% of parents suffer uh, from mental illness. Mm. And, you know, that's a lot of things encompass that. Yeah. And I've had my own journey with mental health stuff. I remember a couple of years ago when one of our kids were super little and we were doing some family counseling mm-hmm. and um, it was cute. Uh, they played in the sand and stuff. It, it's great for little kids. But we were doing this family counseling stuff and we were leaving. And again, my husband is a pastor of a large church here in Austin. And so this is probably where this came from, from the counselor. But we were leaving and someone stopped us in the lobby to say they went to our church or they knew us or something. Who cares? And we left. No big deal. The next two weeks later, we came back for our next session. Our sweet counselor was like, hey, I just wanted to mention, I saw what happened last week. And if you guys would rather go through the back door, I totally get it. Hmm. And uh, we said, no, we're fine. And I have never forgotten that for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he was so kind. I mean, that really was kind of yeah. him. Um, and I know what he was trying to say, all sure. the things. I get it. Yeah. But for me, it was really important in that moment for our child that was with us to see that we weren't afraid of mm. being in a counselor's office. Mm. And we weren't afraid if anyone knew that we were in the counselor's office. Yeah. And that's been kind of, we've had been in and out of counseling, Aaron and I together, separately, kids, all the things for a lot of years. And I think, one of the things surrounding mental health is our journey as parents is figuring out how does my mental health affect me as a parent? Hmm. And I've seen along the way that it does. Yeah. You know, when you were just telling that story, the three words that like stood out to me were the back door. Mm. Like when you said that, I thought the back door. Yeah. Because I do think um, stigmas, Mm our own stigmas yes i mean you know i think back to my father who was a pastor and i think had he had counseling Mm. you know but back then oh nobody was having counseling unless you were like on the brink of like the worst thing in the world that's exactly right and it was the stigma of like if you go to counseling you counseling is for and i'm just going to say this was the stigma counseling is for crazy people exactly that was what what that was the thought and so it, it would just have taken so much yeah um, you know, for me, Jamie, I, I think at some point I thought, am I doing my kids a disservice by not letting them see my real emotions? Mm. Because, okay, so for me, um, I'm not I'm not a huge crier. I, I, I think I cry more now than I did when they were growing yeah. up, right? And if I did cry, I was like a private crier. Yeah. Because in my mind, I thought, I don't want my kids to have to parent me. And I think there's some value in that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ask them to parent me. Yeah. I think when we deal with our own mental health, we're not asking them to parent us, which I think is key. Mm. 
um, we, we, we parent them properly that way. Yeah. But for me, I think there was a certain point that I thought, I, I think my daughter needs to see me cry because if she doesn't, she's going to think that she needs to go through life and not cry. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm always the strong one. I'm always the tough one. That's the role I play. That's the role I played like growing up. That's the role I play in my own family. That's the role I play with friends often. Mm. Like, call me. I'm the one. I'm on. I will be there for yeah. you. But I remember when, I, when my kids were, I don't know, my middle one was 10-ish, yeah. I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I think I wrote about this in The Hard Goods. So this is this is documented. But I remember he used to come home. They were in the carpool situation times of yeah. life. And he would come home and he would find me often in bed. And it would be like, oh, hi, mom. You got another headache or, you know, it was kind of that thing. And it was my own feeling of like, I'm that mom. I'm that mm. mom that's in bed. I'm that mom with the headache. And what was really going on was a lot of things that were happening in our own life, like with job stuff, with financial stuff. And here's the strong one who can't admit that she might need some help, Mm. you know? And so I think what I would love for parents to know is it's not noble to try to power through, to like soldier through this whole thing. Yeah. But if you need medicine, if if you need therapy, I mean, I know you and I believe in that, like Jesus and medicine can coexist. Yep. Yep. And um, and what are we doing to our kids? Because I think that's the important thing to really yeah. plant here for a minute. Uh-huh. What are we doing to our, with our kids? Yeah. To our kids, if we're saying, "Don't take care of your mental health." Yeah. Yeah. Hey y'all, Jamie Ivy here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine, filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The Guide to Christian Colleges and Universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. It's so bad because we're setting them up for a failure. Because life 
uh, from 18 to 25 is not how it was when you and I were in college from 18 to 25. Right. So many of our kids right now are struggling with their mental health. Mm. Everything. I mean, and the, this, you know, the pandemic has affected everything. A lot of things have changed for our kids these days. And so how do we as parents show them we can do this with Jesus and medicine? You know, yeah. my husband's talked openly in the past couple of years. He's been diagnosed like clinical depression, taking medicine. Praise God, because... He was not who I married for yeah. a little bit there, yeah, yeah. and I'm glad that he's back. Um, I remember when uh, you know, I have four kids. Yeah, uh, two of them were adopted internationally, and so when our final fourth kid came home from an international adoption, just three months earlier, my daughter had come home. So it was like like two, a lot. two to four in three months, and it was a six year old, two yeah. four year olds, a two year old. It was just it's a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, and um, my son came home at the end of January, and I remember it was kind of towards the end of the summer. I um, had experienced a panic attack for the first time in my life, Mm. Um, tightness in my chest often, um, felt kind of, I hate using this word, but I I felt like, well, I didn't feel like myself. Yeah. I felt kind of crazy. And and again, you're not crazy if you feel these things. I'm telling you how I felt. Right. Um, And I went to my doctor. And I said, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I, I literally, and I had my husband with me and I said, I cannot do this. Yeah. And he said, have you thought about medicine? Well, first he is a friend of mine and he goes to my church. And so here's what he did first. He's like, have you told any of your friends about this? Mm. And I think we should talk about that. He said, have yeah. you told any of your friends about this? That's and I said, yes. He said, um, how are you doing spiritually? I'm like, barely hanging on, honestly. Yeah. And he's like, okay, have you thought about medicine? And I said, no, I'm kind of afraid of it. Mm. and he said don't be afraid and he walked through it and because he's my friend and because he goes to my church we prayed in his office it was just the sweetest thing ever yes but i started some antidepressants was so great for me as a person so great for me as a mom and i'll never forget i told someone about it and they looked at me and said you asked for all these kids you should be able to take care of them wow jamie yeah really yeah and i thought wow that's shame-filled statement right there um, but that's the culture that we're working on. And so if we as mamas and daddies are not taking care of our own mental health, yeah. how do we help our kids when they're struggling? Because our kids are struggling. And that's another show that we're going to do another day about yeah. how do we help our kids with their mental health. Yeah. Our kids are struggling. Our kids are more anxious. This this generation is more anxious than any generation's ever come before. Absolutely. And so I just think, man, it's important that we talk about our own mental health and taking right. care of it. I mean, you know, we, we, we've been through this pandemic, for instance. Yeah. There there has been so much wrapped into that. I mean, we, we've, we've already had, you know, a lot of cultural issues. But then you bring that into that, that whole space, um, the uncertainty, the fear, uh, you know, and, 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 and what are we saying to our kids when we say, really, when we, when we introduce silence into yeah. our homes? Right. What are we saying about this? Um, I think it's super important. And and it does start with us mm-hmm. as parents, not only modeling it, but being open um, and being, you know, able and willing to talk about these things. So the signs that we might need something, mm. I think sometimes people struggle with that. Yeah, because I think I think we think um I'm just stressed. Okay, so we use phrases. Right. We use words and phrases. I'm stressed. Um, I'm overworked. Uh, I'm just really tired. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. We tell ourselves we're crazy, which I don't like that. But I'm going to say it here because we say that. But that also is people use that in a bad way. Yes. 
I yeah. understand feeling crazy. Yeah. But some people be like, oh, you, she's crazy. Right. That bothers me. That was a, that was a that was a little pet peeve right there for a second. Yeah. I threw it in there. Well, I think that's important. But mm-hmm. I think it's important for you to say that because I do think that um, you know we we just want to we want to lump people's behavior, yeah. uh, cer- uh, certainly behavior like we don't like or we don't understand yeah. or like rubs us a uh-huh. certain way, um, and label people. Yeah. But we also label ourselves. Oh, that's the big thing too. I was going to say that. I think our expert is going to fill us in. Yes. On things we need to know. Very important. If we need to uh, check, um, go see a doctor or get some medicine, all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, one thing that's been super helpful for me is talking to my girlfriends mm. and girlfriends who are gospel-centered jesus loving yeah. not going to shame me you know love jesus also believe that you know medical science has a lot to help with our bodies yeah talking to our friends because so many times we feel like we're so alone yes we feel trapped we feel like we're the only ones that are struggling with this and so saying it out loud sometimes is the best thing we can do is just say something out loud mm. um when you were talking earlier lisa about not wanting your kids to see you struggling yeah it made me think just recently in a counseling session that um, Aaron and I were in together, uh, our counselor was asking us some questions about how we have led our kids into a struggle that we're having. Like, mm. um, how have our kids seen us work through this? And we said, well, they haven't because we're keeping it from them. Like, it's not, hmm. they don't need to know. We're taking care of it. Everything's okay. And this is a family thing. It's not a marriage thing. It's like this family issue. And we're like, no, we've got it under control. And he really challenged us hmm. to invite our kids into the process a little bit. Mm. And obviously, every family's different. A thousand nuances here. Age appropriate. Age appropriate. Yes, Everything's all complex. All the things. We don't need to say that. But I haven't stopped thinking about that. Wow. Because I thought, as a mom, what I want to do is protect my kids from hard things. Always. I don't want them to know that the world is hard. I, I don't know. want them to know the world is scary. Yeah. And the counselor told us, you're actually doing them a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like what you were talking about when yes. you were in your bed. Like, yes. what, if, what if you would have let them into the struggles that you guys were going through? I know. On an age-appropriate level, I 10 know. years old. I mean, you know. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think, Jamie, it's, it's one, of the, one of the ways that I feel like that God helps redeem some of that for me is even getting to talk about it right now. Uh, like, I think that's beautiful yeah. to be able to say, like, you know what? I feel freedom in being able to say I didn't do everything right. Yeah, I don't want to have this. Like, I, I don't want to come on here with a perfect uh, experience because that's not real. Yeah, and you know, I'm yeah. I'm about the real. I even want to I want to speak into this too for a second because I think this is very important. One of the things I think parents struggle with a lot, and I struggled with this, was if my child is struggling with some type of mental health Uh am i a bad parent oh lisa so so because i can remember and 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 i'm i'm respectful my kids are at an age where like we don't do a lot of i don't expose them a lot on social media and so forth because they're at the age now where they're not five years old where they don't have a say right like so i'm respectful of their journeys um but i remember one of my kids was was dealing with some anxiety issues Mm -hmm. and I just can remember thinking to myself, first of all, I was hungry for any resource I could get because even this was, I mean, it hasn't been that long ago, yeah. but even like 10 years ago, like there wasn't, yeah. a, there weren't as many resources back then. Yeah. Um, but I can remember thinking to myself, 
what did I do wrong? Mm. The immediate reaction was, what did I do wrong? And listen, I can I can go down that what did I do wrong yep. trail a million times as a parent because I, I love being a mom and I take mm-hmm. it super seriously. And I just think that parents need to understand that if your child is dealing with something, be it anxiety, be it, be it depression, be it a, a, cl- a clinical mm-hmm. diagnosis, being teenage angst, because yeah. there is a spectrum here. I mean, there is, and, and we're not experts. No, we're not. We Remember are, that? We are not. Ex- <laughs> Remember how we're not experts? Yeah. Remember how we're going to bring on someone who is? Yeah. Um, but truly, we're not. Yeah. And um, and there is a spectrum, because and sometimes it's hard to tell, because yeah. there is teenage angst that right. is not clinical you know yeah anxiety and depression and so forth and sometimes it's hard to know certainly there are things that we do as parents that might be exacerbating that certainly nothing's perfect in the home but i will say that there are some things that um that we just we just cannot be responsible for yeah and especially i've watched this a lot a lot of just guilt Mm. mom guilt parent guilt when the kids are older like you know 20 or whatever like i did all this stuff wrong i think that's a way that satan continues Uh. to make us mentally weak yeah and and I just want to say, like, if, if someone is dealing with that, and your child is is having some mental um, m- mental issues, mental health issues, um, I really want you to pray and ask the Lord to help you and and uh, help you understand that that this is a separate issue from yourself. 100%. Yeah. Today, millions around the world are suffering as a result of violence, oppression, and extreme poverty. Sometimes this endless cycle of suffering can feel overwhelming. If you're like me, you want to play a part in bringing an end to suffering. And at the same time, I think we all want our children to have a deeper understanding of the needs in the world and guide them towards becoming generous and compassionate adults. But sometimes it's hard to know exactly where to start and who to trust. That's why I'm super excited to tell you about The Path from our friends at World Relief. The Path is a community of bold, compassionate people of faith who are committed to fighting against suffering and injustice in pursuit of lasting change with their monthly gifts to World Relief. Whether it's a crisis in Ukraine, an earthquake in Haiti, or a wave of refugees from Afghanistan, you can trust that The Path community is already there, responding with the love of Jesus alongside you and your family and your children. Empowered by the monthly support from the PATH community, World Relief is making a difference around the world, and you can be a part of it. You guys, I personally love the work that World Relief is doing with the PATH community. I trust them, and I believe in them, and I want to give you the opportunity to join as well. You can join the PATH community of monthly givers by visiting worldrelief.org launch. That's worldrelief.org launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. Launch your kids into life by leading them to love like Jesus. Join the path at worldrelief.org slash launch today. You know, on the same conversation, mm-hmm. flipped a little bit, we also believe this lie that if we are struggling with our mental health, we are not a good parent. Mm. Yeah. So I would convince myself, if I have to take antidepressants, am I really a good mom? Yeah my husband if he would i 
I don't want to say men don't struggle with this as much because we're not men. We don't know. Right. But I, I haven't seen my husband struggle that as much as I did. Mm-hmm. You uh, did struggle with the... I'm not rub. a good dad okay, because right. I'm on uh, yeah, I think depressant that's, meds. That's the mom guilt thing. I think it is the thing. mom yeah, guilt thing. Yeah. And we could ask a dad. But I just I don't see him having to walk that road yeah. like I have. Right. He might think he's less at other things. Sure. His job, his ability to lead, right. all the things. Um, but I remember feeling like, man, I can't leave my kids to have a mom that has to be on antidepressants. Mm. And that is Satan. It is totally yes. keeping you bound up in this lie. Yeah. That your identity is wrapped up in something that's not true. Yeah. And that you can't be a good mom. Because honestly, Lisa, here's the deal. Wh- where are the perfect moms? <laughs> they don't exist. I've, I've never met one. There is not. Yeah. You know, and so then we buy the slide that if I have anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, that we can't parent. And I think that's when like good girlfriends, a great therapist and good medicine and then almighty good loving god Mm. is what would get us through it because it's just it's too much you know it's too much you know i also was thinking perfection is when we when we have the idea of a perfect mom jamie it's always what we see Mm. it's always what we see it's perfectly dressed it's perfect you know perfectly room mom with all the perfect like whatever it's it's Per- kids that look perfect mm-hmm. it's perfect at sports it's perfect at you yeah. know the arts yeah it's perfect responses that we see it, it you know outside it, it, we don't know yeah there is no perfect home there mm-hmm. is no perfect mom there mm-hmm. is no perfect parent none we all struggle with things we're all broken yeah and um you know mental health the the, the barrier of us believing lies Mm. surrounding mental health is what and and perfectionism and the idea of that and you know all of that um it's what really keeps us bound and keeps us in a in a further mental health battle yeah and and as we know if if satan can win that war for our mind Mm -hmm. uh, he can help keep us weak as a parent yeah and i think it's this is an important conversation to have because you and I just last night over dinner had a conversation about someone who died by suicide. Yes. And we're seeing that more and more. And it's, it is always kind of shocking to uh, sometimes the people surrounding them, not always, but it can be shocking. Mm -hmm. It can be shocking to the world. And so I just want everyone listening to know that there's no shame in getting help for our mental health. Oh, absolutely not. There's no shame in that. And I think like, if you're listening, there's you're probably a parent or a grandparent or aunt or you're involved in kids' lives. And believe it or not, you are a better caregiver mm. when you are taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think we also, you alluded to this earlier, have this life like, I can just do this. Yeah. I, I can just, I'm going to pick myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to do this. And mental illness doesn't allow you you don't have bootstraps no there are no there's no bootstraps nope and so it's hard to parent well yeah when you're looking for those bootstraps all the time that are non-existent yeah absolutely i think as parents we do an injustice to our kids by making them think that a good parent can fix it all Mm. that a good parent can handle it all that a good parent doesn't need help for anything because what I want my kids to see is a, we're a better parent to our kids. 
and B, we show our kids that it's okay to reach out for help. Tony Collier is the founder of Broken Crayon Still Color, an international women's ministry which helps women process through brokenness and get to hope. Tony is a podcast host, a speaker, an author of Brave Enough to be Broken, and a consultant. She confronts the hard things. She approaches her challenges head on, and then she takes on your challenges. In this digital age of anxiety, Tony is teaching people all over the country that you can be both broken and worthy unqualified and called to do great things. She doesn't want you to just face your demons. She wants you to squash the illusion of your brokenness so you can live the most colorful life possible. We asked Tony to speak to the topic of mental health because she's always so transparent with us. She's that girlfriend who always brings wisdom from God's word and life experience that will give you the encouragement you need to get a right perspective. Here's my friend, Tony Collier. Hey fam, my name is Tony Collier and there are a whole bunch of things that stood out to me about Jamie and Lisa's conversation. I mean, goodness, what an incredible topic. I get to lead an organization called Broken Crayon Still Color and we lean into this exact topic. It's all about mental health. It's about our faith. It's about breaking generational cycles and curses. It's about leaning into the really hard things. It's about looking into our mental health and recognizing where there are places of mental illness. And I think that's such an important thing for us to differentiate. I'm so glad that Jamie and Lisa had this conversation because most people don't even know that there is a difference between our mental health and mental illness. I mean, they they said it in the recording in the podcast, 18.2% of parents suffer from mental illness. Um, When we're sick, when we have a cold or a flu, all things drop, right? Like we focus in on this illness and we try our best to fix it. But for some reason, when it comes to our mental illness, we don't lean into it. And the truth is, as parents, we have to lean into it. We have to be the healthiest version of ourselves so that we don't leak onto our children, our spouses, our communities, um, and all the things. So I love this conversation. Let me just say that. One of the things that, that stood out to me was, you know, that we we can't be afraid to be in a counselor's office and our kids need to see that. I, I said it before, we leak, right? Like we leak good things or really bad things onto the people that surround us, onto our children. And we can leak really healthy habits like saying, I need help. Right. Like I have a daughter. She is a strong willed blessing. And one of the things that she gets so frustrated about, so frustrated about is when she can't do something. But for some reason, it doesn't dawn on her to ask for help. She wants to do it herself. And if she can't do it, sis is getting so mad. So how much more important is it for me to be able to communicate to my daughter that when I'm frustrated, when my emotions are everywhere, when there's something that I can't do or figure out, I need help. I go to my counselor's office and we teach our daughter dealing that we teach her that it's okay to have an appointment with our counselor, with our therapist. She has a a therapist that she goes to every Wednesday morning. Okay, we don't play about therapy in this house. But the reason why she enjoys it, the reason why she's not embarrassed about it, the reason why shame doesn't set into her little heart about going to see her therapist is because she knows that her mommy and her bonus dad go to therapy and we're not ashamed of it. And this leads me to the second thing that Jamie and Lisa talked about it. Our own generational stigmas shouldn't hold us back from creating new, healthy generational pathways. 
We have to be able to look back on past mistakes from our past, whether it was our own parents, our grandparents, the generations that came before us. And we have to be willing to say, you know what? That probably was not the best way to handle it. That's probably not the best way, as Lisa said, to call people that go to counseling and therapy crazy. But we can do something about it. We can say, no, we're going to create some new healthy generational pathways by being the parents that we needed. And here's what's important that I, I think that Jamie brought up. We don't have to allow our kids to parent us. We can be vulnerable with them. We can be open with them. We can share our struggles and we can do it in healthy ways. I have walked with women before whose parents have put too much on them. Me, myself, my mom was really sick growing up, which is totally not her fault. But my counselor would say that I got parentified child syndrome, which is essentially when the natural progression of a child being parented and then kind of switching into the late adulthood, taking care of their parents, it it met too soon. I unfortunately had to take care of my mom when I was 7, 8, 10, 13 years old. And because of that, I grew up way too fast and I didn't have the opportunity to cultivate the awe and the wonder that comes with being with a kid. The innocence of my childhood was unfortunately stolen. Now, that wasn't my mom's fault. She was sick. She couldn't handle it. But now when I look at some of the things that I can take ownership and advantage of, I can make sure that I'm not placing my burdens on my daughter, but I am inviting her into them in really healthy ways. We do not have to make our kids our therapist or make our kids our community. Instead, we can show them what it looks like to go to a therapist, to go get help, to process in healthy ways, to have a community that really deeply knows us and loves us and can be the people that carry our burdens with us. Which leads me to the last thing. Parents need community. We need to model our need for people through safe spaces for our kids Gosh, this is so absolutely important. When I think about my two kids, I want them to have people that see them, that know them, that makes them feel safe, that are literally the hands and feet of Jesus, or as our friend Ann Voskamp says, are, you know, Jesus with skin on. I need my kids to be able to have safe spaces outside of me as a parent. Can we just be honest about that? There are some things that my daughter, that my son is not going to be comfortable sharing with me. So I need to make sure that they have community, older adults, mentors, mature friends that they can process things with that they don't feel comfortable processing with me. And the way that we do that is simply by showing them that we do it as well. Man, I could talk about this all day. I love this conversation. I know you did as well. Shout out to Jamie, Ivy, and Lisa Whittle. Last thing I'll say before signing off, you don't have bootstraps for mental health and illness. Shout out to the Launch Podcast for teaching us that we can be beautifully broken and also be incredible parents while submitting and surrendering our mental health to Jesus and inviting our kids to watch us do it. See you soon. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive producer is Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Noel Rhodes. Original music by Matt Graham. Your co-hosts are myself, Jamie Ivy, and Lisa Whittle. Thank you for listening. <laughs>